Jesus, good morning. Thank you for this Monday morning and the start of our week and everything that you have in store for us. So just ask your spirit to prep us again for opportunities today. Let us be sensitive to the holy hunches that you give us. We have the courage to take steps in the direction of those hunches, God. Thank you for Justin and Shelly and the kids and his ministry and his business. I ask you to bless them and um, protect them and guide them, Lord, and encourage them. Amen. Justin, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, so, tribe, this week we're tasked with sharing our, our, our story, our testimony of what God has done in our lives. And as you'll see quickly through my story, I'm so encouraged by how God chooses the least of these, you know, uh, to do his work. Uh, and so my, my story is I grew up north of Detroit in Troy, Michigan. I had a, a mom and a dad and two younger brothers. And we lived, I would say, a fairly normal suburban lifestyle and lots of activities, swimming. And uh, we just were existing a good little neighborhood. We were there. And, I, and, and my family, really driven by my mom, had a, a belief in God. And so we would attend a Lutheran church. I would go to school of religion, as we called it, church camp. And so I had this foundation where I really believed there was a God, but I can't say I was completely sold out to that God and, and what that meant for our lives. And it was a piece of our life. It was not the central piece of our family's life. And so that was sort of my existence. But I was one of those kids that just had a ton of questions, a lot of intellectual questions as I was searching through my faith. Uh, and, and I really didn't find my purpose and identity and connection until I started swimming and getting good at swimming. I was like really awkwardly shy kid. Uh, but when I got good at swimming, I found teammates and for better, for good and bad, lots of bad. My coaches became my father-like figures and I really became everything for my whole life became about swimming. And then when I was 12 years old, I think my mom was diagnosed with cancer and it set off a five year, four and a half year battle of, of, of cancer fighting. And that sort of shook our family, but in lots of ways brought us closer together uh, as a family, as most crises do. And we were just kind of running and existing. And all of a sudden we had to count the cost of what was important and the cancer went into remission and we thought things were going to be good again and everything else. But, and we knew the five-year mark was like, if you could be clean for five years, then you would be really have a chance. And right around the four-year mark, the cancer came back with the vengeance was all over the place. At this point, it was terminal. And I remember my mom sitting us down and saying like, hey, this is, this is probably going to be it, but we're going to do everything we can, but this is a big deal. Mm -hmm. And I remember just being shocked and not knowing how to process that at all, of course. And, uh, and so life went on and so I was a senior in high school and my mom was just super sick. I remember driving her to chemo appointments and she would throw up on the car ride home and just like watching this, you know, kind of, she was sort of the rock and community of our family come together, fall apart and just wrecked our, wreck, wrecked me, uh, but didn't have a great place to process an emotion of that. And then it was Tuesday, April 7th in 1992. They called us out of swim practice and said, you got to go see your mom. We went to the hospital and um, they met us. The doctor met us at the door and said, you need to say goodbye to your mom. She's going to you know, pass away tonight. And we were like, oh my gosh. And so we went in and we're crying and 
you know, holding her hand, saying goodbye to her. It was just wrecked. It was just brutal, really tough time. And so, but, and, and so uh, before we knew it, thank God, my grandmother moved in with us. My mom's mom moved in with us and helped us stabilize. And my dad and two brothers and I were, you know, already too much of a male household as it was. And so we, uh, we, the real tragedy of this whole thing is we didn't know how to grieve. We had no idea how to grieve and be sad or even talk about my mom. We sort of just kind of moved on and existed. And I didn't realize till much later how devastating that was to me to not actually grieve something, how important that is in your life. And so shortly thereafterwards, uh, reeling and being in a ton of pain, but having no way of expressing it or no idea of how bad I was even hurting, knowing I was hurting. We went to, I went to Miami University and I was wanted to become a teacher and a swim coach uh, and swam at Miami. So when I wasn't swimming, I thought Animal House was a documentary and would party. <laughs> yes. I really believe that was the story. And I lived it well, you know, as you know me, I don't do things halfway. So when I wasn't swimming, I was partying to the point of blacking out uh, and was wild. And all the things that came with that became a huge part of my life was becoming a wild drinker and then throwing up on the next day, laying in bed for hours with hangovers, but not changing my behavior at all. It was really quite, quite a painful life. And so that, but it was really bizarre in lots of ways too. You know, I know God's hand was on my life because I still had an inkling for God. I'm still questioning God. We still go to church on Sunday, hungover, even in college sometimes. So I just had a longing for God. And I know that wasn't anything I did. I know that was, you know, faith of my mom passed in down to me or God's heart and pursuit of me and uh, even I remember even when I got out of college I still still was drinking a ton on the weekends I was a teacher swim coach here in Cincinnati at Princeton High School and I would we would work hard I'd work 80 100 hour weeks and then on the weekends we would just go crazy and party like a, a, a madman and that whole thing I remember my claim to fame as I got kicked out of Longworth bar three times in one night you know i kept sneaking <laughs> and uh the last time i was up on stage with the band singing and i can't sing i wasn't not invited to be on stage and i remember the bouncer would kick me out three times two times previously saw me from across there and had to push his way all the way to the front and then like lifted me off the stage and threw me on the sidewalk and said you are banned for life from longworth hall don't ever step foot in this bar again you know so but maybe I had a drinking problem, maybe not, right? You know, so anyways, yeah. but I still, again, had this inkling that I should, you know, search for God. I would go up, I would, people would come back to my apartment in Mount Adams and we'd all get drunk and everybody would pass out all over the place. And then I'd wake up everybody in the morning and say, all right, let's go to church, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'll go to church, you know, and then we'd all go out to breakfast and the clothes we wore the night before. And these people I'd met just the night before, I was a very bizarre experience looking back at it. I have no idea how I lived that way, but I did. Yeah. Um, and so in, but, and then at that point I found uh, crossroads and, and that was a really good place for me. I really started to wrestle through and ask some of these intellectual questions and, and made some peace with those basically realizing there are no answers <laughs> to these deep intellectual questions. And that was helpful for me to make peace with that. But more importantly, as I joined a small group of people in about the year 2000, and this group of young people were on fire for God, and I was able to go in and talk about my drinking problem with them. And I felt loved and encouraged and said, I think I have a drinking problem. <clears throat> and they were in, in, 
huge in me changing the way of life. And, and two of the guys in the group, Byron and Nate, both of who you've now met, were in that small group and were instrumental in me giving up drinking. I remember the last time I got really, really drunk and I had sort of said, I'm not doing that anymore. And then had whatever a relapse. And I went and met with these guys and super ashamed at what I had done. And mm-hmm. Byron and Nate both like loved me in my darkest moment, uh, put their hands on me and were like, do not forget how far you've come. And like, it was like the only reason I didn't fold and give up was those two guys like shepherding me through this time. Um, and they're still great friends to me to this day. And uh, so in 2002, I got married, got baptized, and gave up drinking for 10 years. And uh, that was a big, big faith step for me. And what the crazy thing about life is, is like things don't necessarily get uh, better once you stop doing the things. They almost get worse. So when I stopped medicating with drinking, I had to realize I had all these problems I was medicating my drinking with that I had to deal with. And one of them was not grieving my mom's death. And so I thought like everything would be great. Now I'm a Christian. I'm not doing porn. I'm not getting drunk. I'm doing quiet time. I'm serving at church. You know, my life is all put together. Recently married life is on the up and up, but I had so much problems that I had been medicating for the last 10 years with alcohol that I had no idea. Uh, And by God's grace, I had ended up on staff at Crossroads and Chuck Moore was my boss there. And he shepherded me for two and a half years on how to be a better husband and father, uh, or I would be divorced today. There's no, about a year and a half in Shelly and I were literally on the brink of divorce and I would be divorced today based on my crazy compulsive behavior. I was like suffocating my wife with, I was incredibly moral, but incredibly suffocating my wife. I was a codependent personality, which means I wanted to have every relationship in the power position where I was always helping people and turn my wife into a project where she didn't feel like she could breathe or have life in our marriage. And I took a counselor sitting down with a counselor telling me that I was a codependent personality and I was suffocating my wife uh, in ways. And I didn't fully even understand it. I was like, but I'm doing all the right things, you know, and I didn't understand what a mess I was making with my marriage between the counselor and Chuck Moore, it took about two and a half years of intensive journaling, reflectiveness of dealing with some of the compulsiveness that was driving me to be so intense. It was making me very successful at my job, but making a train wreck out of my marriage. Mm-hmm. And so that was a massive thing. It's like one of those things where you're, you believe the lie when you get saved that everything's going to be better. Kind of, we kind of sold that in the church, but everything got actually worse. It got better, but got worse. <laughs> I had actually a deal with the, with the crap in my life. And I had to go back and 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 re-grieve my mom's death and that was Mm. it'll be another topic for another psp about that but it was incredibly intense good experience uh and so as that stuff started to come together and shelly and i started to build a family uh we basically had a lot of trouble getting pregnant with henry and we did and after the fact we found out that you know we should have never gotten pregnant at all like there's no reason and so we really take Henry as a miracle gift from God that he gave us one child. And so that really propelled us into this world of adoption and foster care. And so we started down this road and we adopted Layla from China. And I was born with a cleft lip and a cleft palate. And it was one of those things that made me super insecure as a child, as a kid. I remember being like, just feeling you know, so ugly and not 
good looking and I really felt that was such a big deal and it really wasn't from the outside in, but for me internally it was. So it was such an incredible journey to go back and adopt a, a young girl with a cleft lip and we got her when she was 16 months old and uh, did all the surgeries with her and everything. Um, and then that propelled us into a whole journey of foster care and adoption, which has really been kind of the frontline ministry work we've done for the last 10 years. And we've had 10 or so kids in and out of our home and five of them have stayed. Uh, now we're kind of permanent members of our family. And, uh, and we're now just kind of coming out of that ministry field uh, as we get a little bit older, <laughs> 47, it's like, I think it's time to stop adding kids to my family here. Uh, so we, we've done foster care work and, and things along those lines, but I feel a tremendous amount of God's grace because there was nothing in my life that I did to earn this or plan this or feel worthy for the, for the calling and the shepherding that God has given to me. I feel like it's been a tremendous amount of God's grace. In fact, I think I've done everything to negate that. And God has been incredibly gracious to me. Um, and the journey continues, you know, I'm, we are, I'm still in the process, you know, as any mature Christian will say, you know, there's no arriving, there's no landing the, the plane and going, we've made it, you know, until you cross the line into heaven. I feel like God is continuing to disciple me and stretch me and grow me and mature me in the profound, immature ways I have. And I'm, I'm really super thankful for all of what God has done through me, although it's been often incredibly a painful journey and a humbling journey uh, for me to be a, a very humble. Uh, but it's a little short snippet of some of my testimony there. Interesting. Well, 15 minutes. Yeah, it's really interesting. I'm thinking I, I want to ask you questions about and about and about and about. It's really good. <laughs> I appreciate your, um, your humility and transparency um, sharing, which, uh, you know, as I've gotten to know you, um, I've come to expect that and appreciate that in you. And, and, um, and it is interesting. A lot of times I think you jump on and, you know, one of the things that, that as we talk amongst ourselves, you know, the PSPers, um, the, the wisdom and insight that you share is always, um, thought provoking. And, uh, we forget that you actually came from somewhere, <laughs> Some of the places that you came from, like Longworth Hall, are some places that I have mentioned that. I, I've never been kicked out of there, but I, I know that I've been there um, in my youth as well. So uh, we've all come from somewhere and everybody's got a story, as they say. It's, uh, it's really, really inspiring. So I appreciate you sharing this morning, my friend, and um, please pray us into the rest of our, our Monday. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you that you just, you love the unlovable and you redeem uh, broken people. And, uh, and yeah. I am, I was and am a broken man. And I'm just thankful for the redeeming you've done and the redeeming you will do. And I just praise you for that. Amen. Well done. Love you guys.